0: Welcome to the Maxed Out Podcast, where we speak with amazing studio owners, marketers, and ancillary services to discuss fitness, business, marketing, and mindset. With over six years of marketing experience, Maggie Benson has helped countless brick and mortar businesses dramatically increase revenues through strategic digital marketing. Now she's combining her passion about health and marketing to help fitness studios around the world grow and prosper. So... Welcome back, um, everyone. Um, I have actually, um, this is behind, I'm behind by about 10 days on recording this episode. I had uh, broke my ankle, apparently, and um, had to go for surgery and it's taken me a bit to get back into the groove of things, so I am now well on the mend. Um, now I'm just spending the next lovely six to eight weeks leg up and letting my body do what it is good at doing, which is healing itself. Um, and when you think about the body and how it heals itself, it is truly amazing um, how it automatically goes back to homeostasis. It's just, it really is a bit mind-boggling of how our our bodies work. Anyways, that's not what I wanted to talk about today. What I want to talk about today is buyer psychology because it is, um, it's actually really interesting to me to talk about buyer psychology on what makes people take action. And it doesn't matter if you are buying the newest Roomba or if you are signing up for a gym or fitness classes, buyer psychology is the basis of all marketing and sales. And um, it is it's psychology. It's a complex, complex field um, to understand how people go. So this episode is an overview of that. Um, I'm certainly not an expert, although I do contemplate every once in a while getting my master's in it. But um, that's what this episode is going to be about. So what is buyer psychology? Well, we know that in order to persuade potential customers to buy, we must first understand how they think. So it's all about making people feel a certain emotion to compel them to purchase, um, which is what we refer to as buyer psychology. So there are actually five stages to the customer buying process, um, which we'll start with first. and understanding where your prospect is in the buying process will determine how you approach them so that's why i'm talking on this now as a disclosure there's five stages but there's actually a couple pre-stages so this first stage is stage number one which is problem recognition this is the stage where we realize we need to we have a problem and we need to find a solution but we don't necessarily know what the solution is we just know we have a problem. So for an example, you could say that I have a problem where I am gaining weight. So I know I have the problem. I don't know what the solution is, but I know I have the problem. Now, there are what I mentioned, pre a couple pre-steps. There are a, so that's what we call problem aware. There are a couple steps before that where you're actually problem unaware. That doesn't really apply to fitness because most people know, you know, gyms and fitness studios and everything like that. But if you're an entrepreneur bringing a new product to the market, you actually have to start creating awareness and making people aware that they even have um, what they that they're unaware that they even have a problem. You have to identify the problem for them and walk them through to problem recognition. That's the pre-stage. But in fitness, we don't have to worry about that. But if you are creating a new product or service for the market, that's unknown, then you have to realize, you have to create education around the fact that your prospects don't know that they even have a problem. It's a different marketing strategy. So when it comes to fitness, we have problem recognition, i.e. I need to lose weight. So what's the second stage is information gathering. That's when then they start to do some research. Okay, so how am I going to lose weight? What's the best way to lose weight? What's the healthiest way? What's the fastest way? What's the latest? People don't go out looking for the latest fad, but they'll find it, right? Um, So that's information gathering, and then they'll be evaluating their solutions. That is stage three. So stage three, they'll take all their information that they've gathered, evaluate the solutions, um, comparing them to their personal circumstances to determine their top three solutions. Do I start running? Do I start taking spin classes? Do I hire a personal trainer or a nutritionist? You know, those kinds of things. Stage four is the purchase phase. So that's where they actually make their decision. Ideally, that is when they actually decide to hire, uh, you know, join your studio and and purchase a membership. That's stage four. And then stage five, which many people forget, is the post-purchase phase, which is nurturing and and, um, welcoming them into their purchase phase and confirming that they actually made the right decision. And a lot of businesses forget that they think that as soon as the sale happens that um, the relationship ends and then they completely forget to nurture that relationship after the purchase. So knowing all that when you are working on your marketing and your messaging um, and tying into your avatar, which I talked about in the previous episode, um, you want to make sure that you are Uh, communicating in a way that meets your prospect where they are at this time and people will be at all of these stages at any particular time. So you want to diversify your messaging to to, um, tackle each of those five stages at all times. So think of your social media, your social media should be tackling the five stages throughout the month to address where everybody is at at that particular time. Don't assume all of your followers are at one stage. They're actually in a a combination of all five stages. The other thing to keep in mind is that there are, it's a little bit of a pivot here, there's actually, um, and this comes into stage two, three, and four, there's four different kind of, well actually debatable, All intents and purposes, four types of customers. So when they're information gathering and evaluating solutions, there are going to be four elements that um, they will be looking at in order to determine um, if they make the purchase or not. So you're going to get the price buyers. Um, We all know these. These are the people that are looking just for a good deal. They're the Groupon group. group on groupies. <laughs> um group on addicts, you know, they just want a good deal. Um, they they care they're less concerned about value, different, differentiation and relationships. Then there's a second cons- customer, which is the relationship buyer, and they want trust and a dependable relationship with their studio. Um, They want to know that they're going to be taking good care of them. They're willing to pay more for it. They're looking for the service and the authority and and knowing that they're in good hands rather than being a price buyer. The third type of customer is the value customer. So very similar to the relationship, but the relationship is going to be about your customer relations, whereas the value is going to be what do they get out of their purchase. So it's a little less um, about the relationship and more about the products and services. I myself am more of a value buyer. Um, I am less tied to the who but more the what. I don't care about the price but I want to know I'm getting value for my dollar but I don't build a one-on-one relationship with the owner of the gym. That's not what makes me buy buy into a gym. And then of course you have those who are a mix of everything Um, and so they can be a little bit of everything where they're trying to find a combination of of the three above. Um, it's very hard to try to market to those because they are all above, but In terms of your studio, and I encourage more studios to be relationship and value-based studios rather than price, um, because if you're attracting the price buyers, um, you're going to have a high turnover, and that's going to be frustrating over the long term. You want to be attracting the people who are the relationship and value buyers. Now, you can bring people in through price and then convert them to value or relationship, and that does happen a lot. And that's what we can call like presenting a loss leader so you know a, a deep discount for the first month for them to come in and then they see the value and then they stick around so why do people buy now that we know the various stages of the buying process and the different types of people that buy why do they actually buy well a lot of our purchase decisions are actually based on emotion not logic so we know that the brain has two sides of, to the equation Um, And we'll often describe ourselves as left brain, which is logical and analytical, like myself, or right brain, which is intuitive and subjective and creative. Um, So, we will use our emotions to make purchases. One of the emotions, and I was just uh, crafting up an upcoming webinar on this, um, and talking about excitement, but we often use emotion in order to get excitement, like excitement is an emotion. But there's, emo- there's underlying emotions and they're intertwined, but emotion is usually the key motivator. When it comes to fitness, it's usually about getting excited about the end result or excited about the fun they're about to have. But it is an emotional decision. So when you're writing ad copy or uh, crafting your social media or your emails, tapping into those emotions at each stage of the, of the, of the purchase process for the three different types of buyers is going to be where your magic saws come from. Um, buyers also have egos and this is just you know how we're built right they think about themselves and what they're going to gain. A lot of um, small businesses focus way too much on the business and what the business provides and how why they're great and they don't focus on the actual buyer and how it helps the buyer. So you need to always be focused on your end prospect and what it means for them and keep yourself out of the equation. As humans, we often have a greater commitment to fleeing losses than seeking gains. We are more likely to run away from fear, from from something that is scary or fearful than to go towards something that is loving. that goes back to our mammalian brain. When we used to live on the plains and, and hunter gatherers, we, we want to keep each other safe. We don't. We run away from the lion instead of, you know, going to a safe. Or, or I don't, can't think of the opposite of running away from the lion, but that's how we're programmed. We go away from loss. We're always trying to minimize our loss. So they always want to see. Minimize so that what they want to see when they're looking at your studio is they want to see how am I going to minimize um, The risk here Whether you know, it's going to be a time commitment. That's and a financial commitment Those are the two commitments when we're looking at when it comes to fitness So how am I going to minimize my time risk because we're all busy and how am I going to minimize my financial risk? Once they become value buyers and they're, they're relationship buyers, the risk when it comes to, to time and money is minimal. But when you're first trying to get people into your studio, those are the two risks that, that you're trying to back up against. Um, we are naturally suspicious in the world of, of today with social media and fake news and... Um, there's a lot of problems, for example, on Indiegogo and Kickstarter, where people are creating campaigns and never delivering on them. We are very suspicious in today's day and age. Um, Sales reps have, you know, snake oil sales reps, right? So you need to establish that trust and credibility, make sure you have lots of guarantees, make sure that you are an honest, trustworthy person yourself and not try to to, uh, skip anything out of them, but be fully transparent and. Make sure that nothing is being hidden because buyers are naturally suspicious. Um, Storytelling is huge so we respond very very strongly to storytelling. So if you could tell stories about um, prior members who have had great success and and, and, um, have a lot of fun of coming to your studio and combine that in your social media with your visual elements and the stories, that will be the key that actually get people to stick around. We are story orientated. Again, this goes back to us living on the plains and hunter gatherers where we used to sit around the fire and tell stories. It is in our genetics, um, in our, our historical psyche on how to, on how we respond to stories. So use that in your marketing. Again, we always crave value. Um, and tying it back into the ego if we're actually getting something compared to somebody else. So if we are getting something that is of greater value than, say, our neighbor or something like that, you know, it's the, I got the best deal ever when I was shopping for Black Friday. It's that value that the people are looking for, that win, right? And then lastly, we they also, people, um, We're pack animals, so we like, we will follow the crowd. And and once you get that momentum, more and more people will tell their friends and it becomes exponential, but you have to get that momentum getting. So the momentum of people buying in packs and telling their friends and referrals happens at the last stage in terms of why people buy. So I know I talked a lot of heavy-duty psychology and this um, today when it comes to marketing, and this is just like touching The tip of the mountain when it comes to it, but I think it was I wanted to do this episode because it is really important to understand that there is a psychological element when it comes to marketing when it comes to doing your social media and your emails and your website and everything like like that and, and understanding a little bit of how it all works and intertwines. So hopefully you found and learned something out of this and found it useful. Um, if you have any questions, you can always email me at um, Maggie at MeritBasedMarketing.com and ask me and for, for clarification. Other than that, have yourself a wonderful week. And I will be here, hopefully, fingers crossed, no more break, broken anything um, next week for the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Maxed Out. If you'd like more information on today's episode, head over to our website at maxedoutpodcast.com or you can find us on Instagram at health.wellness.marketing.